This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Okay, you guys, here we go. This is the Kern River Fly Shop Podcast. I'm your host, Guy Jeans, podcasting directly from the Kern River Fly Shop in Kernville, California. On this podcast, we discuss everything outdoors. We talk about conservation, music, and life. This episode is brought to you by Sims Fishing Products, Fish It Well, Reddington Fly Rods, Find Your Water, Rio Lines Leaders and Tippets, Make the Connection, and Costa Sunglasses, whose frames are made from recycled nets to help protect our oceans. I'm ready. Are you ready? Let's do this! All right, you guys. Welcome to the podcast. This is Guy Jeans. And today, I have two special guests I'm super stoked to have here. I've got two biologists from the California Department of Fish and Wildlife. I've got Craig Feeler over here, and I've got Evan King. How you guys doing? Good. Hey, good to be here. How's it going? Awesome. Glad to have you guys here. Um, I want to talk about how we met. Sure. How did we meet? Well, um, my son has been really asking me to fly fish, and I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I need to. I need to learn from from uh, somebody. So (laughs) I was like, I looked in my nearest fly shop, and it was it was Kern River Fly Shop, which. You know, I'd been here a couple of times. Last year, I, I took a guide trip with uh, with Ryan Bueller. This was oh, awesome. Okay. My son caught his first fish. He was awesome. He was he was that was it. After that, he's like, I got to learn more. So I took a beginner class, and you were teaching it. So awesome. We got to and meet the guy, the guy named Guy himself. So uh, I don't know. We started after the class. We started talking a little bit, mm-hmm. and then we started talking about. I think we started talking about what you did for right. a living, and mm-hmm. then we got into the Thule elk. Sure situation yeah. and and all that which is yeah. we're, we're going to talk about yeah. um on this podcast for sure um and a bunch of other animals and then um i just met evan for the first time today but i'm already think you're a cool dude i could already <laughs> tell um you know at being in the outdoors and whatnot 
is you meet some of the coolest people. Sure. You know? Absolutely. So let's, let's get into it. Um, you know, uh, how'd you guys start working for the, the fish and wildlife and become biologists? Let's start with you, Craig. Uh, I guess, um, you know, I always had an interest in the, in the outdoors and wildlife and I, I pursued a degree, you know, it's not, it's, I don't have like a super exciting story, but you know, we just wanted to not spend a career in the office. I wanted totally. to work outside. Yeah. I'm with you on that yeah. one, man. So I was like, how can I, how can I escape a cubicle? And, yeah. um, I was really into wildlife. So I took a major at UCLA and, um, ecology at mm-hmm. the time and, uh, and then from there, I went to Humboldt, which is considered one of the best schools for, for wildlife biology in the state, maybe in the country. And, um, you know, I, I didn't have a plan to work for the department, but I bounced around. I got to work as a, eventually as a scientific aide for the department, which is kind of like the beginner first level um, uh, job in the department where you're, you're, you're working on all kinds of different things. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I you're making connections and after a while I, I got to know folks and job other jobs opened up and i applied and i ended up getting a permanent position in 2009 cool working in san luis county san luis Obispo county okay and then you ended up where well where? i live in bakersfield but i still work um mostly in the carrizo plain mm-hmm. area which is eastern san luis Obispo county there's a the carrizo plain national monument is situated there and we have state own properties, ecological reserves that are to the east and, or sorry, to the west and to the north of that, of that national monument. Awesome. What about you, Evan? (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, I was, uh, I'm actually a third generation biologist. So it was, I was brought up in a household full of, you know, fun critters and adventures outside with my dad. And, um, you know, I got a little older and he said, a lot of people I work with went to Humble. Like you, yeah. you recommended I went to Humble, and so I went up there and got my degree, and was doing various jobs. I was doing construction and and living life, and um, got the wild, crazy idea to hike the PCT. So northbound on that, and then a job opportunity came up. So it was a scientific aid, entry level. I was working at the uh, the Wildlife Investigations Lab in uh, Sacramento, and that's like a statewide disease and I mean just all sorts of cool stuff and um, got off the trail got that job and then ended up uh, getting a job at Mendota wildlife area doing where's that it's um, west of Fresno just directly west of Fresno about 45 minutes okay and um, it's a 13,000 acre wildlife area okay mainly ducks waterfowl and uh, it was a dream I mean yeah I, I got to have my dog and waterfowl hunt and I ran all the water out there and uh it was great and I really like birds and you know I thought I would be like research you know for birds in Alaska or something like that but you know opportunity knocked and it was 2006 2000 2007 I think it was jobs were hard to find and full-time with the state it was rough and uh I got one and uh sweet yeah I landed that and I worked there for about four years and then um a job what they call unit biologist came open and that was Tulare County Kings County and so I applied for it was successful and uh moved to Visalia and that's where I've been for the last uh, 11 years now it's cool man you guys you guys have some cool jobs that's really cool yeah so um 
you know, what, what is the, I'll ask this question just because people want to know it. What, what is the mission of the California Department of Fish and Wildlife, if you want to answer sure. that? Yeah, I mean, the mission, as it stated, is to manage California's diverse fish, wildlife, and plant resources uh-huh. and the habitats upon which they depend for the ecological values and for their use and enjoyment of the public. So, you know, it's, that's pretty much a catch-all. We're, we're basically the resource um, department that manages a lot of the, uh, you know, fish and game resources. Yeah. The fish, yeah. the wildlife, and also the non-game wildlife that, that occur in the state and the plants. People, uh, a lot of people don't even think about the plants, but there's over 6,000 native plants in so California. Cool. It's so diverse. Yeah. Right. I think, you know, traditionally fish and game was fish, game, and that's how it started. Uh-huh. But, you know, it's branched out into just giant different avenues of especially uh, in a state like california where there's just so many resources too and a lot of people yeah so what is the difference between game and non-game wildlife well mainly it's uh games considered you know hunting hunted species Uh so those you know deer bear uh, elk all that everything from uh squirrels you know rabbits you know those these hunted species and that's game. And then basically everything else falls into non-game. And um, things that don't have a what? season, like a hunting season or, yeah, are, you know, they don't have a time where you, they're not harvestable. So what determines the difference? Like what, what determines like a game versus non-game? Like, you know, some people, I hear some people hunt coyotes, right? I mm-hmm. how they yeah. taste, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. Maybe, uh, you know. Or, okay. No, I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's. Mainly, you know, a lot of non-game are, are, are considered threatened and endangered, you know, right. that stuff in I that see. avenue. And so those aren't hunted species. And, and, you know, that's just traditional, you know, food sources. We just le- lumped into ga- game and then everything else. It wasn't like hunted or sought after uh-huh. became non-game. So we have, you know, in, in my world, in the fish world, we, sure. have, we have native species. You know, yes. we have the Kern River Rainbow here and the Little Kern Golden and the Golden Trout in our area. Mm-hmm. And so I want to ask the question, you know, what does endemic mean? You yeah. guys answer that, that sure. question. Yeah, endemic means basically if you hear the term California endemic, that means it's found in California, this species, and nowhere else on Earth. It's only here. So the golden trout would be one. Yeah. Um, like you said, the Kern River Rainbow, but also other species, especially in the San Joaquin Valley. Yeah. Like the current, um, the San Joaquin Kid Fox. Nice. Giant kangaroo rat. There's, uh, there's a Tule lot elk. of species. Yeah. Tule elk are endemic. They yellow, don't occur. Yellow bill magpie. Yellow bill magpie. There's, cool. And uh, there's a, a lot, a lot of plants too that don't occur anywhere plants. else on earth. That's awesome, you guys. So what are you, what is your specialty like what do you do i know you're this place called the carrizo plain right and which is where where is that it's basically halfway between bakersfield the folks most folks know where bakersfield is they've probably driven past it as fast as they can but (laughs) (laughs) if you're going to the coast from bakersfield it's halfway basically halfway between bakersfield and say san luis Obispo. so if you're driving like to taft Mm-hmm. Is it out that way? Yeah. You go, okay. Yeah. You can either, yeah, essentially 166 will take you to the south entrance to the Carrizo Plain. The Carrizo Plain is essentially a, a, a small valley that's elevated up, and, and that San Andreas Fault goes through it. A lot of people don't realize that. 
Um, so okay. there's a big fault line that goes through it. And it's um, essentially uh, a chunk of the valley that's, that's separated from the valley, from the central valley. And it's considered to be um, basically an example of what the central valley used to look like um, back before it, it was converted to agriculture and, and other uses. Um, so it's open plains. It got converted to a national monument, I, I believe, in uh, the Clinton administration. Mm-hmm. So um, it's unique. I mean, it's 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 a it's what we would consider um, recently termed the San Joaquin Desert because it's so dry here. We get under like six inches of rain, um, but it it is uh, almost. Uh, a snapshot in time of what the valley used to look like. And that's why it's a special place. You have, you got tule elk, you've got uh, pronghorn antelope, which are the fastest um, land mammals in North America. Oh, um, really? Yeah. Oh yeah. And they can the- go like 70 miles an hour. They're crazy. Cool. And um, <laughs> you know, you got giant kangaroo rats, you've got blunt nosed leopard lizards. You've got stuff that's just not, not so found. cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, you, so you that's sp- all non-game stuff, but except for the Thule elk, which yeah. is um, now reaching numbers where they're huntable in a lot of areas in the state. But um, so you you basically um, spend every day out there? Not every day. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I I, man, I am in charge of a property that's about twelve thousand acres. That's um, just north of the monument, and my job is to maintain the habitat there for the native species, both non-game and game. So I have antelope, I have elk. And I have kit fox and giant kangaroo rats there. So my job is to make sure that it's good habitat in, in perpetuity, basically, forever. Okay. So, you know. That's awesome, man. Yeah. So. Probably a couple of days a week I'm out there. How, let's, talk, let's talk about the Thule elk. So a lot of people don't know this, but I think it was yesterday a elk was spotted in Kernville. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't know that um, this, I think that's the first time we've ever had an sure. elk mm-hmm. show up in Kernville in the Kernville golf course. That was yesterday? That was yesterday. Oh, no. That's awesome. Yeah. So, you know, it's kind of neat to, to hear that. And I showed you guys the picture and stuff, mm-hmm. and you guys confirmed it. It was an elk. And it was a, what kind do you think that was? It's hard to say. I would say the hunch is Rocky Mountain Elk. Rocky Mountain Elk. Okay. Yeah, right. So let's talk about a little bit about that. Okay. Let's talk about the Rocky Mountain Elk and versus the Thule Elk. Mm-hmm. Um, the Thule Elk are endemic. Endemic. Yes. Yeah. And so um, let's talk about that, you know, okay. and what you guys know about that, um, the Thule Elk, and then also the Rocky Mountain sure. Elk that are here mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Sure. Um, I don't know, the Thule Elk are, you know, it's a comeback story there. Uh-huh. There's three remaining Thule Elk left. Yeah, and uh, wow. there was a rancher in Los Banos, and, and I hope I get the story right, but that's how he, he gathered them up, and be, between those three animals, that's what we have now for a herd. Mm-hmm. And So and, he, this dude saved them. Yeah. He saved them. Yeah, yeah that's so basically yeah. late, late 1800s. I want to say Henry Miller. but Yeah, no, it was Henry Miller. Henry Miller. It was Henry Miller. Yeah. So, is, not to interrupt you, but no. so the, the those guys, those three um, what about the ones that are over by Bishop? Are that is that a different herd, yeah, or we, is it the same ones? We, we the department uh, put animals over there. Okay, yeah, on purpose. Okay, so, so that's so the, from the, those three. Yep. So they the Sweet. population, yeah. from what I understand, they they were moved from the area that that the ranch the ranchers uh, plot where he had them protected. They tried to put them on Yosemite, and then they Yosemite's like we don't want them anymore. They're getting a little bit too 
too numerous. And so they were trying to find a place to put them. So the department came in and helped out and they ended up in the Owens Valley. Um, and, and then the Thule Elk Reserve is kind of in near yeah. outside of Bakersfield is kind of where they, uh, some retain were retained there, but they got moved from there and they've kind of just been repopulating certain spots. That's been like the donor population. The Thule Elk Reserve. Yeah, they're doing awesome. I mean, so how many are there now? Uh, it's, from what I understand, there's uh, about 5,700 in the state. So weed. Yeah. And, That's awesome, Yeah, they're man. doing really well. Wow. Yeah. And they do they like that kind of like high desert or that kind of a desert kind of kind they're of They're valley environment? floor. Valley, yeah, valley floor, floor, coastal. Land. Yeah, okay, all cool. the way out. Yeah. They Open don't, country. Yeah. They don't do well in higher elevations. And okay. that's like the kind of difference between these Rocky Mountain elk okay. and then the Thule elk. They're native to the you know, valley floor of California. They okay. would be in the grassland. And if you think of the historical condition of the valley, there used to be Thule Lake and yeah. Buena Vista Lake Yeah, was a lot bigger. Um, okay. And those lakes were, they were commonly going and using those resources back before when they were available. Um, and so... You know, in the current areas now, they're in the grassland, and they they use all kinds of open habitat yeah. at this point. So, are they going to start hunting them? Is that we what's do. We already, yeah. yeah. Or are they they yeah, already started? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's um, that's if you want, you know, three of the, you know, one of the species of elk, you know, that tule elk, you know, Popular. Rocky Mountain and Roosevelt and stuff. If you want to hunt that, you're going to have to do it here in California. California. Yeah, uh, and it's hard to do. Is it? Yeah. Oh yeah. I just got my results. Didn't get tagged this year. You know, oh, yeah. Every year. There's so a lottery how, and a lot of how many yeah. people get for it? public how, hunts. How many people get the... Um, God, I don't even know how many tags we give out. But, it, you know, it's it's in the hundreds. Um, okay. And there's there's these private land managements and, and, and landowners that are encouraged to do habitat restoration and stuff that enhances wildlife. And they, they get some tags allotted to them. And then there's the like the hunter like me and you and everybody that just wants to put in for it in a certain zones and so lottery yeah. style yeah. yeah yeah and is it is it the same type of deal you you hunt the the bucks no you can have both on some of these because the population's yeah. doing so well and so oh, some see. of the and you know these aren't as widespread so sometimes they're in concentrated areas uh, grizzly islands a good example is like a wildlife mm-hmm. area and it's got a lot of elk and so to manage that population you can take you know, a bull and cow. You know, so. I should have said bull. So bull excuse yeah, me. Yeah. Yes. Bull and cow is for elk and then uh, buck, but, and, buck doe. and doe. Yeah, thank you. Yes. All right. Cool. So talk about the uh, the uh, Rocky Mountain uh, mm-hmm. elk and how, how, did they, how did that happen? Why, why is this Rocky Mountain elk here in Kernville? Yeah, we, we assume it came from like the Tone Ranch area and that's, you know, huge landowner. But from what I'm understanding is there's a, a rancher outside of Tachapi that had these, these Rocky Mountain elk. And years ago. Out. Yeah, years, years ago. and years ago. They got out. And from that herd, they got out, they populated, and they, they gravitated towards, you know, what is now known as Tahoe Ranch. And there's, there's just hundreds and thousands of them out there. They're, is they're, there? Yeah, they're doing really well. Yeah, big. Really? And, and they're, they're a substantially larger animal. Mm-hmm. And... Um, so it, people are hunting those. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And but you know, it's it's primarily on Tone Ranch, and they they have their own hunt program in Tone Ranch. Is the landowner, so it's not just public access. But um, yeah, there there's a lot of elk. It's a bigger there. animal. So it's substantially bigger than a tule elk. So know? why are they staying on Tone Ranch? I mean, we got we got one rover here. Does that mean that they might be moving this way, or how does yeah, that? It's what, a very very strong possibility. I mean, you get you got. You know, dominating bulls, they got a harem, they got their cows, and they, mm. they and so you got these younger animals, 
you know, spike raghorn bulls we call them and they're gonna need to go find find their females and their herd and so they're they're gonna move around and fences aren't yeah. like uh barbed wire fences aren't really a barrier for them they can just jump those yeah, easy just yeah yeah they, there's not very few <laughs> there's few barriers that they can't get so, through so what is this guy doing here in kernville is he just he's happy just <laughs> cruising around eating yeah he's out in the golf course right. just yeah, rubbing perfect yeah, for yeah. Him. yeah. 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 They'll, they'll move some long distance yeah yeah where uh-huh. i mean will he move up do you think the the river or is it kind of just no one knows yeah and, i mean what you, do you know think? If it is Rocky Mountain, they're a little more adept, uh, adaptable to higher elevations and a little more rugged, you know, colder weather and whatnot. And they're, they they might, yeah, surely. It could, or it could get up here and go, well, there's no there's no ladies around. I'm going to go home and go turn around and they go all the way back. Okay. You know, but at some point, if that is, you know, he had to cross Highway 58. I know. Highway 178. Yeah. And, I mean, it's incredible. He had to go through... Um he had to go up through uh, Lake Isabella, yeah. mm-hmm. and then yeah, cross the highways there. Maybe maybe came through Walker Basin, <laughs> up sure. through Bodfish, and uh, yeah. And then it's, we're getting reports of them up in uh, the uh, Kelso, Kelso, uh, Kelso Valley, Valley Kelso Road, Valley. Yeah, yeah, up in there. Yeah, okay. they've been seeing them in there. Uh, and then there's a herd out of uh, out in Jawbone, but that's more on the desert side of things. Mm-hmm. So, if it is. A tule elk, then it probably would have had to come either from Lone Orange Pine, Valley yeah. or Lone Pine or from uh, Wind Wolf's Preserve, which is you know on the west side of I five. Mm-hmm. So right. I mean that's a it's still a long way. Any way you any way you cut it, it's yeah. a long way to go. Pretty so cool, huh? so the ones on the Tahone Ranch were put there. Are they are they from that guy's ranch that yes. ended up yeah. on there? They okay. escaped onto Tahone. Okay, yeah. interesting. And then they people pay big money big to money. go onto Tahone Ranch mm-hmm. to get those guys, a, don't they? A lot of money. Yeah. yeah, and plus the pigs, right? Yes. Yeah. So what? What about the pigs, man? Are those those guys aren't. Those native. are not native. No, those they, are, they tear st- stuff up. Yeah, they're <laughs> they're feral. You know, yeah. they're considered they're fun to hunt. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Considered to have escaped from captivity, essentially, and uh-huh. and they're they're smart animals. They're very adaptable. Pigs go feral really fast. Yeah, and and they can. You know, they're smart. They can uh, they can hunker down in the heat and then come out at night and feed and. And they've 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 taken off in California. So have you seen them out there on the Carrizo? I have. Really? Yeah. And you would think this is almost like a, a complete desert. And right. I saw one like two weeks ago. Just is that right? In the so, also out there, you have the pronghorn antelope. Yep. And how are they doing? Not that great. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, on paper, it looked like a, a an awesome place. You know, uh-huh. it was completely conserved. So they were put there? They were put there. So okay. they were, back in the 80s, they were um, translocated from northeastern California, like Modoc area, like, you know, just in the northwest, or sorry, northeast corner of the state. And, um, yeah, they brought them down there and uh, uh, in a couple batches. And I want to say 87 or 89, somewhere back there. And um, they, at first they did really well. And then they just, uh, since then, uh, the population's kind of declined. In the area that I manage, we have maybe 50, around 50 or 60 animals um, dispersed. And on the monument, it could be much, much less. We haven't had an accurate count in a while, but we're going to start counting again um, from a fixed-wing airplane. So are they, when they see you, are they just, they just bail? Yeah. yeah um, well, like... and they, well, for sure in the airplane, they yeah, get yeah. really spooked. Um, but on the ground, a lot of times, if you stay your distance, they, they won't run. They'll just kind of just... How close can you get to them? You know, uh, a lot of the areas off Highway 58 and Soda Lake Road, which is the main 
north-south road that, that um, goes through the monument, and you can get pretty close. They're feeding right near the fence lines. I've seen them off the road there. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, you'll, you, if, if you spook them, they, they can take off really fast, and then you know you're not looking at any other type of animal because it just accelerates the bursts of speed. Um, and, uh, yeah, so they're... We're working on, we have a few strategies that we're trying to use to recover their population right now. Try and get them back They're up. sensitive, it seems. Yeah. And they were abundant, but uh, I, you know, they don't like fences. Yeah. They can't jump fences. They don't jump. Oh. They go under fences, so. Oh. So you got everybody developing the Central Valley. You got fences everywhere. So everybody, you know, land, got their land and they all fenced it out for cattle. And then these poor antelope got, you know, trapped and. They just don't do that well. That they, so what we, do they do? They just they try to dig under there? They just crawl under. Yeah, crawl if it's under. about, um, you know, for our fences to have con- conservation fences, we have a smooth wire on the bottom, and we have it, like, at, at least 16 inches off the ground so yeah. they can get under. They can actually get under. They're not huge animals, so they can get under fences pretty easy. And even barbed wire fences, if they find a, a gap that's been dug out a little bit, they mm-hmm. can get through no problem. I've seen them bottlenecked a little bit um, on the highway before. It's kind of it's kind of sad to see that, but um, yeah, they're we actually we actually collared 15 of them, um, put radio collars on them back in 2017 just to see their movement. And where are they where are they going? They were mostly staying. I mean, they were moving around within their subherds. Of there's a small herd on the Carrizo Monument itself, which is administered by the Bureau of Land Management, um, and then there's one that's in what they call California Valley, which is right where 58 and Soda Lake go through. Mm-hmm. And that's where I manage um, our property. And then there's another group that's, uh, if you know where the 41 and 46 kind of come together mm-hmm. north of there, um, Jack Ranch area, there's, uh, there's a few up there too. Awesome. So they're endangered. They're not. So, so oh. they're not endangered, but they're struggling right now. Okay. Yeah. So species of special concern. The overall, like range wide, you yeah. go to Wyoming, there's... They're everywhere. They're everywhere. Oh, yeah. Okay, gotcha. So yeah. in California, however, you know, they're, they're kind of struggling. struggling. Northern California's got a healthy herd. Yeah. Okay. And they're hunted up there. Yeah. Okay. Um, what about the burrowing owl? Yeah, it's cool. Cool, huh? So That's the, a cool. That's a cool creature, man. <laughs> they're one of the few owls that you can see during the day. They're mm-hmm. they're they're diurnal. That means, you know, they, they're active during the day. They'll Is that be right? hanging outside of a hole, and they, they use... They'll use ground squirrel holes. Um, they use kit fox dens. They'll just move in with them. And, uh, you know, you can see them just standing out kind of like uh, on sentry, scanning the area for predators, going, picking off grasshoppers and stuff during the day. Is that what they grub? Yeah, mostly insects. Okay. Mostly insects. And, um, you know, they're one of those species, too, that depends on, depend on the grassland, intact habitat. They like low structure, grassland structure, so they can see predators coming. Um, cool creature, man. Yeah, yeah, that's why yeah. Atuli elk helped them out, you know, they graze yeah. off the landscape. Uh, okay. Yeah, brilliant. you know, it all used to be kind of a, they all used to be a system, a healthy system where the, we didn't have a lot of um, overgrown grass, but, you know, you, you look at the, the hillsides of California in the spring, you're like, oh, it's beautiful, and the grass is, but a lot of people don't realize that that's introduced Mediterranean grasses, like foxtail and all kinds of stuff that just the species here didn't evolve to deal with those grasses isn't that interesting yeah all these weird plants that come about yeah these native plants uh they're really adapted to like 
like elk grazing. And so you put a you cow on that, it stands on that ground for long periods of time and just eats it down to nothing, where you got these tule elk that would graze across the landscape and then plant would regrow, no problem. Right. So it really changed the dynamic when you brought in cows, like, right. like domestic cattle. Yeah. For sure. Huh? Yeah. What about the kit fox? Kit fox is a, is a, is a really cool story. I mean, basically there's, 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 there's an uh, analogous species in the desert called the desert kit fox. And there's other species like that in that occur in the Mojave desert that uh, have an analogous species in the San Joaquin Valley. It's kit fox is one. The blunt nosed leopard lizard is one. So in the Mojave you have the long nosed leopard lizard. And um, what's another one? There's uh, this, um, the desert spiny lizard. And there's a couple others, the coach whip, which is a snake. So what happened was the Tehachapis in over geologic time rose up and they cut off the valley. And so these species that were trapped kind of, quote unquote, in the valley, kind of speciated, evolved on their own and became a separate species. Genetically, they're distinct from their counterparts in the Mojave. So Kit Fox is one of those. It's, it was one of the first species listed under the Federal Endangered Species Act in like the early 70s. And um, it's, a, it's a cool animal. It's, it's, a, it's a desert adapted fox, only out at night for the most part. It hunts, you know, in its native habitat, it hunts kangaroo rats, which are also native rodents. Oh, um, that's not good, right? Because that's a... Well, yeah. They evolved together, It's endangered on endangered, you know, so they can do that. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's awesome. They, they're, uh, they're charismatic. They have huge, huge ears, huge eyes, yeah. you know, so they can see in the dark. They're like little night vision scopes they've got. And um, they're just... Uh, um, they, a lot of people don't realize that they, there's a population in, in Bakersfield of kit foxes that the city kind of grew up around this population and they persisted through that urban expansion. So, so. I, I was at a hotel in Bakersfield. I was doing the sports show in Bakersfield right. and I saw some nice. there. Have nice. you seen them there? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. In, in the city. Oh, yeah. They're on, they're on oh, school okay. campuses. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was oh, like, yeah. what is this? These are canals, open space. Yeah parks um they, they need a basically they need an underground den a burrow basically to retreat to um during the day mm-hmm. because of the heat of the day and also just because they escape predators mm-hmm. and in in bakersfield you know there's dog there's dogs there's you know basically um they don't have as much predation as they would in the wild um which would be coyotes and bobcats oh, and stuff okay. like that but in you know they're they, they're susceptible to vehicle strikes in urban Bakersfield a mm-hmm. lot of times they've been caught in soccer nets it's crazy they've been caught in, and die in soccer nets um, like on school campuses and things like that and then recently they've um, they they've gotten hit really hard by a mange outbreak so mange got somehow got transmitted to that population either by coyotes or domestic animals sarcoptic mange and. Brian Seifer, who's a researcher, he works at the Endangered Species Recovery Program. Shout out to Brian. Um, hey, Brian. <laughs> yeah. He's, uh, he, he gave me my first job in, in Bakersfield working for him before I transitioned to the department. And he's been working on that population for 30 years. He's the man when it comes to, um, to the kit fox. And uh, so he used to estimate at around 400 animals in the, in the city, maybe. 200 to 400 and now he's it might be below 200 because of the main so they're endangered they are endangered federally okay. endangered even outside of bakersfield the, the other core populations are the creasel plain okay. and western kern county and that's it's pretty restricted wow 
what other what other cool creatures are out there on the Carrizo plane? On the Carrizo, I mean, yeah, yeah some it, cool lizards and stuff. There's the blunt nosed leopard lizard, which is this, is a it's big for you know like a non tropical lizard. It's, it's you know oh, that's cool. Twelve inches long. Uh-huh. It's just predatory. It's just hitting grasshoppers and other eating other lizards. I mean, it's super. Are, is there a lot of them or? No, they're endangered too. Oh, wow. Yeah, they're endangered too. They they occur on the again on the Carrizo and certain areas of the Western Valley. But um, yeah, they 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 their populations is hurting pretty pretty hard. Giant kangaroo rats, another one. Um, they also, I mean, they're they're giant. I mean, they're still they're giant compared to other kangaroo yeah. rats. They're so still like a hundred grams. You know, they're like the oh, size okay. of a, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, they're really, yeah, I've seen them. Those are cool. They're yeah. cool. I mean, they're called kangaroo rats because the way they they jump around. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the way their mode of locomotion, I guess, but um, yeah, they they're cool. They they actually mow down huge areas of like around their burrow of grass. It looks like mm-hmm. it looks like crop circles mm-hmm. because they every spring they do this haystacking. They cut all the 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 foxtails down, pile them up, dry them, and then they store them underground. And and they're considered ecosystem engineers because they're they're altering the the habitat around them so they're almost considered um keystone species which is a species that kind of the rest of the habitat relies on them so burrowing owls use their burrows blunt-nosed leopard lizards use their burrows i mean even kid foxes will expand their burrows and make it their own burrow you know and like just there's lots of stuff that just there's, there's no cover out there it's a desert you know they need that that shelter from the midday heat so can people go out there and check it out and cruise around yeah. and yeah so how, and they just go towards the 46 no it's a 58 is 58? the main way i would say the okay. easiest way to get there and then you uh-huh. you go south on so lake road and you enter the monument and um i don't know like five or six miles south of the monument boundary there's a visitor center okay that's open seasonally you have you mean the last few years there's been um well to, this year's a drought but yeah in a good rain year they have the super bloom out there you know where there's tons cool. of people going out checking out wildflowers i've had people come out this year like where are the flowers like <laughs> it didn't rain sorry yeah. yeah but it's 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 a it's a place that few people know about still which but it's um it's a national monument and I mean, how cool is that to have that like so close to Bakersfield? Absolutely. So let, let's recap the creatures, the animals that we can go and see in the Carrizo right. Plain. So can you kind of yeah, talk about those, like all the different ones that they can see out there? Probably the the, the main ones that you're going to see during the day, uh-huh. because a lot of these species are active at night, are the tule elk and the pronghorn. Those yeah. are big animals. Um, they're visible from the road. A lot of times there's tule elk herd big herd near the visitor center oh out cool there. yeah so it, it, you you'll see them most times you go out there i've never been out there man i'm gonna yeah, go check, it to check it out oh, yeah. beautiful yeah there's bobcats coyotes coyotes yeah, yeah. i mean snakes you'll, you'll see um anybody's into bird watching it's a really hot spot for a lot of birds um raptors swainson's hawks eagles there's mountain plovers which are federally threatened i think um there's all kinds of, of cool birds and you can go out there in the winter and there'd be a lot of birds that have come down for the winter that spend the, the winter there like so raptors wait, don't the don't the is it the swainson hawk that is like from argentina, argentina. Yeah, yeah they come all the way they migrate all the way they to mar- there? migrate through there in the spring and on the way back in the fall that's, i think i saw one this morning in my house that's cool yeah man. they're they're they adapted to the central valley really well uh-huh. mm-hmm. they know. like the they, you know, they hunt a lot in the alfalfa fields and stuff so you two guys met um that's kind of our next uh, <laughs> subject um with a really 
kind of a it's kind of a cool looking creature. But uh-huh. you guys explain how you guys met and what the project that you guys worked on. I'm, I'm talking about the Nutria. Yeah, is that correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, go ahead, Evan. Yeah, we well we got uh, we got reassigned. We you know it's we worked in the same region. Yeah, we. You know, see, you we know of we knew of, of each, each other. other, but like yeah. we hadn't actually had to work together. And then we got reassigned to this Nutria project, eradicating Nutria in, in Los Panos area. So you drive up from Bakersfield, and I'd be coming out from Visalia, and we'd have to spend a week or two together. And uh, you know, so we it had a trailer to stay in, oh, yeah. and a little bunkhouse, uh-huh. and uh, yeah, we cool. And ice living chest. the dream. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> had a nice chest for a coffee table the first week. We all hung out, and uh-huh. uh, you know, just. And then we were out in the field and, and just just had pretty fun time, you know. So what what is this Nutria? I mean, I've seen I've seen it. I've actually seen it. I think it, they have a couple in the Santa Barbara Zoo. Okay. I right. think they do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's how I've seen it. Yeah. Um, and it explain it kind of explain what what it looks like and how big it is and that sort of thing. And it's a well, you know it's, you a, it's a, a rodent. It's a yeah. semi aquatic. Yeah, we <laughs> we might have a little PTSD on that. Yeah, it's a semi aquatic rodent from South America, so it's uh-huh. like from Brazil. Okay, yeah. and it's been taken from South America into Europe for fur farming was the original. Yeah, like people like fur. Nutria fur coats and fur products. And how in how and in the hell did it end up here where we're trying to get rid of it? Right. Well, the original was the far, the fur fur industry tanked. Okay. They opened the gates. Probably they just literally opened the doors and. How long ago was so this? So there were well there was a there was, there was a population here in the seventies. Yeah. And that it got um, eliminated, right? It got trapped out, and we thought they were gone, until just recently, yeah. twenty eighteen or twenty. To be honest, that is a million dollar question. Nobody really knows. I think where that one came from. And so, you know, hold out of a source population or something like that, you know, flooding event, moved in water, something happened and they, and they got in there and they, they, what do they have? Thir- you know, up to 13 young at a time, breed three times a year. Oh my I God. Mean, yeah. Exponential numbers uh-huh. and they, they reproduce and they thrive and then, right. yeah, it's, it's John, it's like a small beaver large muskrat kind of in between probably about 12 pounds yeah, yeah. it's like, like a giant f- football size but it can get a lot bigger like the biggest one i got was 22 is that pounds. is that like almost like a giant rat slash beaver kind of a looking it has a thing? rat tail yeah. like yeah, i mean yeah. like legit round <laughs> it's not yeah, rat tail. it's not a paddle like the yeah. beaver you know it's really hard to tell when they're swimming if you see them in the water oh, they yeah. swim and they make, swim so yeah. they spend part of their time um in the water and part of their time on yeah. land you guys are taking deep breaths on the Nutria ah, game. It was exciting. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, it was it was a challenge, but I mean, it was it was summertime, hot work, watered up, hundred you know degrees, yeah. and you're you're out there setting traps, and you're you're trying to you know catch as many as you can, get rid you know, yeah. get rid of as many it was many challenging. You can, take it, them out so they can't, you know, the 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 idea was that um, they in in Louisiana they've really gotten out of control. Um, and there's other states where they've been, they've really taken off like Texas, I think. Yeah. And, um, they uh, can, they can damage. Yeah. What is the, the damage wetlands, they do? Uh, heavily. I mean, they eat wetland vegetation, cattails, tulies, yeah. um, rushes, this stuff that, Everything. you know, the native species use. Um, so they can really decimate that, especially when they get into, get to be at high population levels. They can mm-hmm. burrow into levees and that, you know, the levee infrastructure and, and the Ooh. Delta, 
And now you're you're talking uh, deep water. You're talking big expanses. Really challenging to to control them. And then, you know, like what they did in Chesapeake was they 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 made runs basically in the dirt and allowed salt water to creep into fresh water in that that environment and killed all the, like the native you know all the plants that were fresh water. It's encroaching salt water and stuff like that. Yeah. Just just destroy the wetland. And so, so that's what that's the worst case scenario. Yeah. Right. So we don't want to get to that point in right. California if we can help it. I mean, at this point, we were reassigned because it was like an emergency measure. It was like we just need to throw throw staff at this and try and slow this down until we can get a, a program up and running to try and deal with this full time. So and they've done that. How are they doing? Are they are they getting eradicated? Or are they just going off? I mean, Thirteen babies at once, right, man. Three right. times a year. Oh my uh, god. And we've, we've, we've been removed from the project for <laughs> two you years. Guys all, Thank yeah. God. Yeah. For a few years now. And so we don't have, I, I don't have a good idea of what, when, when you guys happen. caught one where you just like, yeah, it, it was, I mean, you got like a 22 pounder dude. Yeah. And, and the challenging part was like, you know, getting that last one in the pond and trying to, trying to really hone in on that. Um, I don't know. I think they're doing they're doing the best they can with the staffing that they can they have, and they're trying different methods. And do they shoot them? Uh, yeah, they, mainly it's live trapping or trapping them because yeah. you don't want bycatch. We right? don't want to catch otters. We don't want to catch I mean, beavers. We don't want to catch. We, we, we're not. We caught them and we released. We them. can't. Yeah. We can't use a, a, an indiscriminate trap that's just going to kill everything because you're going to kill stuff that's. So what that kind of a trap to, is it? It's How like it? a box cage trap, yeah. like, like a, a wire trap. Uh, yeah, live it trap. only fits them. Or? No. You I got beaver, I caught oh, I uh, skunk, We did, raccoons, but it's catch and release muskrat. if it's not gotcha. what your target species is. Otter, yeah. And okay. so then that that allows that animal to live, move on. I got gotcha. you. So, and we baited them with uh, sweet potatoes. Sweet potatoes. And, and so they trying to get sweet potatoes. Yeah, species, you know, certain species like that. But muskrats also really like sweet potatoes. So, yeah. so a lot of, they got <laughs> hundreds of muskrats. We fed a lot of muskrats. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So do you think the nutria will ever get, like, eradicate it or do you think that it's just kind of a it's it's you know it's a totally a worthy a, a worthy course. effort yeah, yeah. It's, it's tough to know especially i'm not sure what technology they're using and what strategies they're using but i think it's it's doable yeah. if they have enough um, effort and if they have you know the right techniques i think they could do it so how far south are they from have you guys seen them i mean i heard rumors you know, on the Kings River, whether or not they're confirmed, Mendota. Confirmed it's Los Mendota, Banos, right? you know. Los Banos. Yeah, Los Banos definitely. I mean, that's like, that's ground zero. That's where it started. And the south isn't as concerning because the infrastructure and the delta and the north is where Copy. keeping that's them where out they, of there, That's where know? most right. of the effort was going, just to keep them out of there. So mm -hmm. are they getting in the aqueduct and cruising? Very possible. Could be. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if anyone knows. <laughs> That's a freeway. They're in um, San Diego. Yeah, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, that, that aqueduct is something else. It is, yeah. It transports a lot yeah. of different things. I see a lot of people fishing in that. corridor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Striped bass are now in Southern California. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, for sure. So um, you are the biologist in Kings and Tulare yep. County. That's my and, and, area. And, what, and you are, are you specifically the Carrizo Plain? Yeah, Craig? so I'm tied okay. to that property. Yeah. Okay, so let's let's talk about deer. Mm -hmm. Okay, so how are the deer populations doing in say like the Southern Sierra up to your area? Are they doing good or? 
Yeah, I mean that's what I'm. That's my main focus. Is it? That's that's what I'm at right now. Um, you know, I wouldn't say they're doing bad. Okay. Uh, there, there's, you know, it's based on habitat, based on you know snow. Good, you know, fires are good. Big catastrophic fires are scary, but yeah, uh, new growth. The early cereal stage animals, they like that stuff. That new vegetation. So fires are good. Um, population, I would say, is doing fine. You know, it's it's probably more or less stable. I'm focused on trying to actually get that information. That's oh. actually my goal right now is to come up with a population number and baseline. So we're using all sorts of techniques and, and you that's just, what we're doing. You just told me, was it recently that you just did the tagging up by Johnsondale or was that a while yeah, ago? Yeah, it was uh, 2020. Right the, the pandemic. Yeah, yeah, February 2020 yeah, and, last and, year. And so you guys... Um, we used a helicopter. Big effort. Yeah, yeah. big effort. Um, we did, we did 80, 81 animals in four days, and we used a helicopter company. And, and Tranquilized them? No, they, they did a net gun. So they, a net gun? They, these guys That's are awesome. Crazy. I mean, they're yeah. phenomenal. Talk about a cool, a cool job. That would be a cool interview. Yeah, you know, and they, they are, they're just that That's really, a company? Yeah, uh, leading edge. Aviation. Yeah, leading ed- edge aviation. And they're, that's what they do, and they cruise they around. They go all over the western U.S., I think. And, and they are really, cool. really good at what they do. And mm-hmm. uh, and they got these net guns. They're really heavy. They shoot out these nets with uh, one-pound weights attached to it. For They launch them on there. They get the deer. Helicopter drops the guy down. He's a mugger. He goes out there, wrestles it. Eye mask, hobbles it, takes any samples that we give him. You know, we ask him for, you know, certain stuff, blood or DNA or whatnot. And then he'll put a radio collar on it. And then part of those animals, uh, like on the on the east side, we brought them into what we call base camp. And we processed them all on the ground, undrugged, hobbled, you know, put our, put our radio collars on them, weighed them, you know, aged them, measured them, all that stuff, and then let them go. And now we're tracking them. So then we jumped over into Johnsondale based out of here in Kernville. Yeah. Yeah. Stayed at the Kernville Inn across oh, the street, you, you know? Yeah. And, huh. um, a Super Bowl weekend and, uh, we, we got 40 deer up there in Johnsondale and, uh, we brought in, I think roughly 10 or, or, or a little over 10 into base camp there. It was a smaller crew, but you know, we got all our callers out and deployed and now we're tracking them, seeing where they're going. So what are, what are they doing? What are they, where are they going? Do you figured that out yet? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, the ones in, uh, Johnsondale, it was, you know, is that like a main herd of the ones in Johnsonville? Is it like that's what they do? They just kind of yeah. Hang I wouldn't, out in that I wouldn't call it. That's the wintering range, right? Winter okay, range. so you know, past the Boy Scout camp, up by the the teacups. Yeah, up there. So that's where we we had base camp for the helicopter. That's where we caught all the deer in like that, that basin area, and that's where they winter. And so they shotgun out from there. Some of them stayed. A lot of them up went into like Quia Peaks and like up up north into Mineral King. From Johnsondale? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they move. Yeah. And so, you know, they're going upstream and and into the Golden Trout and all that. And then um, the other... And that's during the... summer range. That's summer range. Yeah, Yeah. okay. So they go up there. They have their fawns. They drop their fawns. They they live, you know, good vegetation and everything like that. Killer. Nice and cool. Yeah. And they they don't like to eat. So they they move back down in the wintertime, and they do it all over every year. And they walk right by the shop here. The bucks do when the season opens. (laughs) I swear. Oh, yeah. I've seen them right outside of town. (laughs) The fish hatchery's got like a herd of them right there. Yeah. 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 And then, then, you know, the ones over in Alancha came up into Menanche Meadows, a good portion of them. So they went up like Lancha Peak and in the pass and then dropped into like like 
right on the PCT, Kern River at the bridge right there. Yeah. Wow. There's deer all over there. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so, and, you know, getting concentrations of deer like that, you, you establish migration routes and, and patterns like that. Yeah. And then the other portion of the study right now is, is that's, a, that's a movement portion. Now we're doing uh, survival. So now I'm putting callers out across the landscape to figure out what's killing them. And, and part of that, you know, so it's, it's a multi-data approach. You're trying to get, you know, hunter kill, you're trying to get movements, you're trying to get survival, um, buck to doe, you know, ratios, uh, neonate ratios, like, you know, birthing. Uh, and we did ultrasound, find out how many of them are pregnant, all that stuff. And so, That's awesome, yeah, man. so these callers tell us a lot. They tell us like, you know, where they're standing, you know, the temperature, the movements. Yeah. And then, and I can, you know, get online and see where that deer's standing. Yeah. It's yeah. communicating it's the real data time. in real time. Yeah. And so there's a mortality. It sends me an email. So you guys text. have a computer and you can see where they're at. And yeah, just yeah. log on. Yeah. So cool, yeah. dude. And overface with like a Google Earth and you can see where they're at. And then. I mean, so is, is it a, like a, are they kind of scattering or are they all kind of moving together kind of a deal? Or both. How? It's it's yeah. kind of like concentration in the winter and then like more or less a shotgun approach, like up into the hills. And the bucks are kind and of by themselves. Out, yeah. yeah. And so <laughs> we're getting towards buck coloring. They, they go through rut, their necks expand. We have to have a, a, a little trickier. Yeah. We have to have, um, colors that are adapted to rut. And <clears throat> so we're not quite there, but you know, it's, it's battery life. It's GPS points, you know, it's the technologies and there's like solar ear tags now, which are really cool. And so it's like, yeah and you can put on ear tag and then that way the buck doesn't have you know restriction around neck it's Uh it's phenomenal yeah and i mean it sends me an email when a deer dies and i can go out there and investigate you know what killed it oh okay yeah or text messages yeah text message and that's cool so are are they coming down like the south fork of the kern Mm -hmm. and coming like cruising all the way down the drainage yeah then contrail left right side of it right down in it yeah wow yeah that's cool so I mean, because uh, there's, it seems like there's like a herd here in Kernville too, like that goes out here on the golf course. Yeah, well, we consider them resident deer. Residents, non-migratory. Okay. Yeah, and so, and and they're their population too. They're part of the equation. Okay. You know, they they feed animals. They're there. You know, they mm-hmm. they are as important. They do get hunted. You mm-hmm. know, landowners have them access to them. So that's all part of the equation. So that's you know part of it. Migration. Versus non you know, migratory deer and and what's killing them, you know, what's their movement? Yeah, it's all part of it. And so, so yeah. the females can have what, like one or two? Yeah, and a good healthy herd, two, three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. But two is probably average. Pretty normal. Yeah. Um, so okay, so let's talk about the uh, the uh, mountain lions. That's kind of a touchy subject, but how how are they doing, and how are they compared to like uh, you know? The deer are they? I heard from what I've heard. I don't know if this is correct, but they the mountain lions kill a deer a week. Yeah, about is that. that. About yeah. that. Yep. How many how many mountain lions do you think are oh, in man. this zone? Or is there a lot? Hey, you, <laughs> I so wouldn't. I, we, need, we need to you, call yeah, our mountain lions know. at the you same what, time, right? You know what's crazy? So that'd be great. I had a discussion with this mountain man dude one time that lives around here and. Uh, you know, he, I spent a lot of time in the wilderness and, right. you know, whatnot. And, um, I asked him one time, I went to, Hey, have you ever seen like a, how many times have you seen a mountain lion? You know, he's oh, dude, I, I saw one, you know, and this guy is 40 years in the wilderness. I, right. I've seen one maybe like in a meadow out there, you know? And I'm <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, I'm all, that's it. Yeah. You know? 
I would I would say I, the population's healthy. Yeah, I, I've seen twelve. Whoa! You know, including one by my house and one up. You know, there's a couple up here. On that's the, on that's the river incredible. Quarter. And I've seen one up at uh, you know by the, the uh, Sequoia National Monument that we've okay. had here. I've seen mm-hmm. that one a couple times. Um, I've but worked I, 20 years, I still haven't seen one in the field. Oh, really? My I've got pictures one. of them on camera, yeah. but I've never seen one in person. So I did, I, um, I did this uh, movie called Vice with this uh, actor named Christian Bale. Uh-huh. And so it, and Christian was playing um, Dick Cheney, right? And all so right. They, they did all the filming here on the curb, no right? Way. So check this out. So he's staying at the Golden Trout Lodge upriver, right? And so we, we, we went, he went fishing with me and stuff, and I drop him off at the hotel. And I'm like, hey, later, dude. You know, we pull out of that, and I'm driving down the road, and there's a mountain lion on the road, and he's running alongside my car. And he can't get up. Or she, <laughs> oh, yeah, right. whoever, so steep, couldn't, huh? couldn't get up. And I'm just running along with this, you know, and that's another one wow. I saw. My, for my first, like, and I'm, you know, I, I hiked the BCT. I've flown yeah. in helicopters, flown in airplanes, spent thousands thousands of hours hunting my first one was right up here in the kern river was it yeah and um we were looking for deer doing a deer survey and and that had been a big tom it was giant and there was mountain lions in the wild it's great so a friend of mine uh greg collinborn he's he used to work for the he's retired now worked for the fish and wildlife do you guys know him the name sounds he was was the hatchery manager here at kernville for years and then he went up and worked in fresno but he's all, uh, he called me up one time and he's all, guy, you got to come check out um, this mountain lion they shot over in across the lake. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay. And they had it in the refrigerator over there in the, yeah. the hatchery. Right. And so I got to go like, actually like t- touch this mountain lion and right. check it out. Yeah. Like up close and push on it. You know how like a little kitten, you know, when you push on a kitten's pad and yeah. the little little thing comes out the little closet they're designed to do i would push on that (laughs) big old you know giant thing and then i was like checking out his um his arms and just like oh my god phenomenal huh it's unbelievable animals this one was uh about 150 pounds they were saying so it was a big big animal and i was like checking out i was pulling up his you know his his stuff and i was like no way and you know it was really cool to be able to get that close to an animal like that you know Mm -hmm. So anyway, so they're they're seem like they're doing okay. Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, there's lots of them. I would say the majority of the animals that I die from my collar are mountain lions. You know, if we get on them uh, soon enough, we can determine that most likely it's a mountain lion. And so you can see tooth mark. You can just see evidence of they bury their prey yeah, and, of the you know. trauma that was inflicted on the deer yeah. by the mountain lion. Yeah, so they they do pretty well. Yeah, and then you know it's all anecdotal, but you know you got the combination of good bear population you got a good deer, uh, mountain lion population you have deer get killed by mountain lion bear finds carcass mountain lion goes out and finds another deer and it's just a cycle but uh you know we need a lot more study to determine exactly that you know but the mountain lions are doing fine yeah so let's talk bear yeah all right <laughs> so we have bear here in kernville sure right and so, uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but I'm a musician as well right. and have a ska band and whatnot. So we're filming a video at my house, you uh-huh. know, here in Kernville and it's on the river and whatnot. And my daughter's all, we're filming it and we're up on this deck of my house and the, we got a drone flying around and stuff. And nice. my daughter's all, what is that? And I'm all, that's a bear. And a bear was like, you know, cruising through uh-huh. and this was in the middle of the day. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But, um, and then 
you know, people all the time are saying that there's lots of bear here in town and stuff. Yeah. Um, are you guys finding that the bear population is doing really well. extremely well? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I yeah. think it's estimated 35 to 40,000 statewide. Statewide. Statewide for population. What do you think like in, in this zone in the, in. I, I wouldn't. It's hard to say, but yeah. you know, thousands and thousands, thousands. Huh? Yeah, they're they're very, you know, they're common. You know, yeah, they're around, you know, a lot. And so they're they're healthy. I mean, thousands in the broad area, you know, into D eight, D nine hunt zones and stuff like that. Right. But okay, but I mean, they're there's bears in the wild, and there's bears that live, you know, in town because they know right. how to survive and take advantage of that. And so I would say yeah. a lot a lot of deer hunters I know in, in Bakersfield area are getting bear tags now, too. Yeah. Oh, you know? Are they hunting them now? Uh-huh. Okay. So, but you can't do, like, the, what is that, like, the bait with no the baiting. dogs? Yeah. No, no baiting, no, baiting no spring hunts. Yeah. No dogs. Too. No dogs. Yeah. Yeah, no, dogs. yeah, yeah okay. they tree them and everything like that. Okay, so. here's one of my observations uh, sure. being in the wilderness. So, I spend a good portion of my life in the golden trout wilderness That's awesome right and so which borders the sequoia national park right mm-hmm. so the bears i found in the golden trout wilderness are like freaked out yeah. mm-hmm. when they see you right then you go into the park and the parks are the, the park bears are like what up dude yeah. let's yeah. you know <laughs> yeah, like you they want to yeah. like you know throw down and i mean oh, yeah, why is scary. that i mean is it just it's habituated more or less. Uh-huh. Right. I, I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, like, it, the, I don't know the ones in the wilderness uh, I, because they hunt them there. Or? No, it's just. I mean, it's just simple numbers. Like, how many people go into the wilderness? Very few relative oh, to the number okay. of people in the park. And then there's just you got people. There's no dumpsters in the wilderness. Right? Exactly. You don't get habituated to to human presence. Ah, uh, okay. Camped and in so the same they, spot every time. You know, that right? Kind of thing. So they just get. They see a person. They get. They get frightened and run off. And that's that's natural. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what they that's should. That's, what you, that's right? kind of what you want, right? Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. the ones in like Sequoia National Park, like just invade. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Ice chest. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they've had problems with Yosemite bears for right. years too. Yeah. I mean, they're just in campgrounds. They're, they just, they they're reckon, walking stomachs. Man. Yeah. I mean, they, oh, yeah. they just do 20,000 calories a day. And they can just, smell like insane yeah. sense of smell. Like they can smell another bear like five miles away. It's, 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 yeah. Above and beyond what, like, the best dog can smell. Yeah. You, got, you got any bear stories? Any cool bear stories? Yeah. I've come across a few. Yeah. 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 I actually, uh, at the, I darted deer right up there at uh, uh, Lloyd's, uh, what is it, the end of the road at Lloyd's Meadow. Okay. Up near there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Forks of the Kern. Forks yeah. of the Kern. Yeah. I darted, darted this deer. And it was really windy. And the deer was recovering, waking up. And, I mean, 50 yards, this bear walks right in between all of us and luckily i think because of the way the wind was blowing it didn't smell anything but it would have got the deer might have yeah, yeah very very well um i've chased a few out i mean on the pct we you know up by ray lakes and stuff like that chased them off and uh on the camping but uh yeah i mean it, bear stories of darting them in town and stuff yeah, like yeah. that yeah, yeah, yeah you know there's they walk out of they're in a habitat and they're in the backyard of somebody's house and yeah, yeah. so there's been a few of those. What about you, Craig? Any good bear no, stories? We, no. I mean, we've we've released some bears out near the Carrizo. Like you know, uh-huh. you get oh, really? a little bit far. Uh, it, if you get a little bit west of the Carrizo, you get into oak woodland and, and some adequate habitat. So some problem bears that we've had on the coast, and they, they get they get into avocado orchards. Yeah. They love avocados. They love like apples, like all those 
all those orchards like near San Luis Obispo, Santa yeah. Margarita, Tescadero, they just have problem bears a lot. And so we've, you know, if worse comes to worse, you, you know, you move them and uh, if you have to. And we've had cubs, orphan cubs, the mom dies or and you yeah. got to take them and try and find a home for them. They're docile compared to like, you know, the grizzlies. So uh, no. Like, yeah, these are all black bears. You know, yeah. So I've got a black lab. All right. I used to have a black lab. Uh-huh. I've, I've had a couple of black labs. And uh, so it's like two o'clock in the morning and uh, we're upstairs and my it was summertime. My black labs out on the deck and it's like two o'clock in the morning and my black labs going off, just going off. Right. Sure. And so I get up and I go out on the deck and I, she, she's like barking at this one area and I look over the deck and there's this big black bear in our trash, just grubbing. She's like, just having a, just (laughs) loving life. right? Right. And my dog's going off. So I, I go in and wake up my daughters, mm-hmm. you know, you guys got to come see this. It's like two o'clock. Mm-hmm. What, dad, yeah. what are you doing? I'm like, come here. You guys got to see this. So I right. get them up and we go out there on the deck and we're get, actually getting to see this like cool bear, like eating our trash. That was, I mean, that was common. I mean, the, was you awesome. go to the dump to go yeah. look at and see yeah. bears. Yeah. Some places. Yeah. Yeah. So. And I was all, get out of here. Yeah. Ah. And it was like, you know. yeah, yeah, you don't, I mean. It's, it's not what you want. Like that's yeah. a bear that's gonna start saying, "Oh, this is a, this is a good place to be." Big. Oh, I, and I, don't, I don't need to go look in these. Yeah, they'll tolerate a lot when there's food. I mean, they're just like, oh, whatever. There's food and nothing here. freaks out dogs oh, yeah. like bears. Oh yeah, you I've had them. you know just touching like having bear smell on you, and you get home, your dog's just like. Yeah, I've know, had him in traps in, in my you know, in my house before. You know, transporting him and stuff, and the dogs don't like him. Dude, bears are badass. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know who, who else are badass is uh, raccoons. Uh, yeah. Oh, my God. It's like a miniature bear. Like, right. those guys with, will with, tear with, you with up. A, with, like, opposable thumb, right? right? Like, oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. And, they, and they got sharp teeth. And yeah, they're, they, you don't mess with them. Those. What, what, what's some other cool uh, creatures that you guys have come in contact with, you know, out in the field? Anything else? You ever seen Bigfoot out there? Not yet. <laughs> seen uh, ringtail cats, you know. Right. Oh yeah. You know, seen those out there. Uh-huh. Uh, fishers, you know, they're cool. Yeah. Um, pine martens. Oh, pine martens, um, yeah. cool. Badgers. What about the badgers. What, what about American those, badgers uh, are real cool. Oh yeah. What about? Um, isn't there like wolverines around and somewhere? There's there? yeah, Truckee in Northern California. Okay. Yeah, there was yeah, a, there was a, there was one spotted years ago, and I think there's Ray, been a yeah, couple Ray Lakes. since then. Yeah. So. And then, uh, I don't know, there was a news, like a news, uh, did you hear it, on the Salt Lake? They had a picture of one, like, running oh, across no, really? the Salt Lake in nice. Utah. Crazy. So, you just show up, show up another thing that you're good at is, and you're, you're, you've talked about, is porcupines. Porcupines. Yeah. So, <laughs> what's going on with them, man? We're looking for them. Uh-huh. Uh, what we were, what... What we were trying to do is actually figure out a way to find them, right? Mm-hmm. Since um, there hasn't been really many detections of them, and especially in, like in the, the southern, southern Sierra. Sierra, right? Yeah. Northern California, North Sacramento, there seems to be a little better population of them. So we were trying to figure out, well, how do you figure out how to find these animals? So we we took sticks and we salted them because they have a very high, high salt drive. And we put the sticks out in the woods with cameras on them to see if we can't you know, detect porcupines that way. And the cameras kind of confirmed that there were porcupine present, but the, what we were hoping that they would bite onto a salted stick and they have a distinct chew mark. 
and then we can find a detection. So one of the wardens reported one up in uh, Fresno County, which is really cool. And so that, as far as I know, as far south as I've seen right. one, Kaiser there was a There was a systematic like poisoning program that went on yeah. in the state where they were just dropping They're bait. Past. They were considered uh, forest pests. They girdle trees. They chew trees up. So... And they were trying to, they killed them? Mm-hmm. Salt. Strychnine. Strychnine. Oh, salt. 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 So but now, this is like, you know, 20s, 30s, Oh, yeah, 40s, it's a long time. When they're, you know, they're thinking forest management. They're thinking growing trees. This is what they this want. What you know, so. When logging was, was prevalent uh, yeah. in the state. So, so now they're kind of not doing well in the southern Sierra. Yeah, area. I wouldn't say that, you know, I mean, you can go and look at, like, records from uh, vets, see if any quilling from dogs have come in there. Um, you know, you hear old hound dog or, you know, hound dog stories of them getting wrapped in there, but you know, it's like 30 years ago, um, porcupine's dead on the side of the road, but really very few reports of them. So habitat's still here. So it's possible they move back, back in here, but we're just, we still don't know why they, they, they've gone, they've disappeared. So, I mean, I don't know if you guys know this, but the Forks of the Current has been closed. Right. Mm-hmm. right. And, you know, that, that huge fire that came through right. and the devastation, you know, like we would be up there right now because the water temperatures right. would be cooler Absolutely. and right. whatnot. Um, are you guys seeing a difference in, like, some of the vegetation and, and seeing changes in some of the plants that you guys mm-hmm. are oh, coming yeah. across and stuff? Are you seeing more, you know, like the trees I know are having a got, hell of a time, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. With, uh, a lot of with the bark beetle and are you seeing the bark beetle up in your zone yeah oh yeah oh, yeah, 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 yeah 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 and and you know it's all a fallout but that's a california wide yeah, issue right now yeah. but you know fires are really good and it looks catastrophic it's 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 trauma you know and it's it's dramatic but you give it a few years now this year of course we didn't have much rain but you give it a few years you know and you've seen the mcnally fire probably come back totally. and stuff like that and like, those those first like 5 to 10 years just epic it's it's a it's a reset button in some ways i mean it's really bad when it happens so now i've heard and i don't know if this is true or not that it was so hot the fire this fire was so hot that it devastated the sequoias you know i guess the sequoia trees like that fire or whatever they're fire and so and so now like it came through the like the george bush tree grove or whatever down there by the forest And it just devastated that zone. Yeah. Have you guys heard that? Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. you know, that's the thing is it's an unnatural level of fire. Like that yeah. intensity of fire shouldn't happen naturally. So yeah. the fire regime should be more frequent. You should have more low, low level creeping fires through the understory, burning down, you know, the vegetation. That they'll get up into the crown of and, the trees. And those know. sequoias need heat to expand their acorn or the, you know, the acorns that open up and they, you know, that's yeah. what they thrive on. So yeah, sure. You get these fires that are, you know, 20, 30 year fires that are just catastrophic crown out. That's yeah. just, uh, you know, that's, that's just horrible. I haven't been up there yet, but I've heard that it's just, like, we went up there. Yeah. yeah we went up deer there collar, probably November. Yeah. Last November. And we went up to, to the, to the campground at the very end of the road. What was it like? Just it was like shin high ash. You're we, we were hiking in. It was oh n- nothing. But I did. We did see one of the, I probably one of the largest bear tracks I've seen. I mean, it was in there. But oh yeah, we were hiking up in there. But uh, you I mean, mean the, still, the, the the forks of the current trailhead? You guys yeah. were there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. And, and how were the trees looking in there? Nuked. Nuked. Like yeah. all gone? This is like they're yeah. just they're just black, black, black sticks, sticks. You know? Sticks. Yeah. 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 Um, but there were still some shrubs that oh, were yeah, alive. Oh yeah, Manzanita and. So there was, it yeah. wasn't a complete, it was, there was patchy in some Yeah, stump growth on the oaks and stuff like that, you yep. know, coming up. I mean, yeah, there's, it's going to come back. 
I love you guys' positivity. Oh, this it's is awesome. great. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it was almost good that it didn't rain super hard this year. Right? To, like, just wash all oh that ash into God. the drainages, you know? So yeah, your river didn't, you know, we, we go black, black on you. I, that's what I was afraid of. Yeah. You know? But, you know, it would be nice to get a little more rain and uh, get that jump started a little better. Now, fires are just... Di- right. Yeah. If it didn't, if it didn't, you know, hit houses and stuff like that, you know, fires yeah. are great. You right. Know, so... You know, the McNally fire in 2002 was like unbelievable, yeah. right? Yeah. And then that, I think that fall and that winter, we had like record rains. Right. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Did you guys see it? Did you see the river? It was like black soot for was, like a uh, year. Oh, no way. And so like after the, and, and uh, I was just starting my, my business, you know, I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> That's <laughs> horrible. Black, <laughs> black river, <laughs> right? Sign, like, oh. right? So it forced me to go find these other places right. to yeah. explore and stuff, right? It was kind yeah. of a, it was kind of a good thing. You learned all those pocket waters. And totally. Stuff. So yeah. anyway, these fish, I, I don't know how, but they survive. Right. That black soot, you know. Yeah, it's unbelievable right. how yeah. they survive. Another, uh, you know, I know this isn't up your guys' alley, but it'll be interesting to you guys. But like some of these creeks right now, they're completely mm-hmm. like dry. Yeah. Wow. You know, like some of the golden trout creeks oh, yeah. and stuff. And I've seen it before where they're completely dry. And mm-hmm. then you go back there on a big water year and all the fish are back. Yeah. How's that? How's, how's that work? I don't, <laughs> I don't know. And <laughs> it's like, and I don't it's know bizarre. These, yeah. After fires, those creeks, their water level rises like significantly yeah. because all those trees that died aren't, right. aren't dragging, you know, they're, yeah. not, they're not pulling water, pulling out. water out and those Creek levels actually rise up yeah. quite a bit just immediately after like fire. But yeah, how's that? And how, do they, that how do they survive when there's just the CFS levels just <laughs> ranking through this river, right. you know, right. nothing can stand in there and they're, you know, they're still fish there. there. Yeah. It's pretty amazing, huh? It is. It's amazing. Um, what else is there? Is there any other, creatures that you guys want to talk about what about uh golden eagles or anything like that you guys want to talk about any of the birds that you guys i know you're into birds man i'm into birds yeah Yeah, Yeah. that was my first that's kind of my my first love of of uh, wildlife it's it's bird watching is a very um it's easy to do wherever you're at you can do it in city i was in la county when i started and i just there's birds in your backyard put up a feeder check it out but um yeah there's uh just a uh an enormous number of raptors that use the Carrizo Plain. Raptors, I mean, birds yeah. of prey. Mm-hmm. Um, I've even seen bald eagles fly over the Carrizo Plain. Oh, have you? Yeah, I mean, they're going, I don't know where they're coming from, but they're usually maybe going to Santa Margarita Lake or one of those lakes oh, that's in the coastal, uh, somewhat coastal zone. Um, golden eagles are fairly common out there. That's mm-hmm. the eagle I see, you know, nine times out of ten. And they're, they prey on jackrabbits there's lots of jackrabbits out there a lot of a lot of cottontail they, those are their bread and butter gold and um uh what's it, what am i thinking of um ground squirrels oh yeah but you know they're out here on the east side um when i did a field biology quarter in um way back in the late 90s it, in near mammoth there was sage grouse Lex, they're called Lex. These are areas where sage grouse, which is another rare bird, goes and displays, like males go and display for females. And the biologist there, I forget his name now, it was telling us about golden eagles would come in the morning out of the White Mountains, you know, where the sun was coming up, and come out of the sun and just nail some of these displaying <laughs> males because they, they, they're not paying attention. They're yeah. trying to get a female. 
Yeah. And they can't see right. this this eagle, so they just had it that's dialed cool. in. And I think that's their strategy on, on the Carrizo too. They just come out of the sun and just nail stuff. And they're they're they're, they're I would say fairly abundant on the Carrizo, doing well in that population. Yeah, lots of prey species there. Um, I've but, seen them on deer carcasses. We put cameras out. Okay, they'll, they'll be on just there. Grubbing there's on a, oh, yeah. yeah, there's prairie falcons. There's a. Um, Probably peregrines. I haven't seen one personally. Merlin, kestrel, uh, rough-legged hawks, Swainson's hawks, red-tailed hawks. Of course, they're very common. Um, and just, just abundant. Coopers. Yeah. yeah. There's, all, there's all kinds of raptors there in the, in the winter. You know, just yeah. making it happen. And then there's also owls, burrowing owls, of course. Yeah. There's short-eared owls, which are kind of a grassland species. That you can see them sometimes foraging out there during the day in the grassland. It's pretty neat. One last uh, uh, animal I want to talk to you guys about because it seems like uh, there's an overabundance of them, mm-hmm. and that's coyotes. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I'm up on, I, I do these trips up into the wilderness um, zones, you know, um, and camping overnight, it seems oh, like yeah. there's just so many mm-hmm. of them at night. You can hear all the different, I don't know if they're packs or whatever, but they're all sure. over the place. Yeah. Are you guys? Are you guys seeing like... Yeah, that's... Uh, um, is that like a situation where there's like too many or... That's pretty common. Um, you got a couple good rain years. Yeah. You got you got your prey species that are now doing great, ground squirrels and, and birds and quail uh-huh. and stuff like that. And so this is bell curve, right? You got an increase in prey and then right behind that is your mountain lions and your coyotes and your bobcats. Okay. And so what you're going to see is like right now you got a couple years of drought. You're seeing the results of the previous previous few years. Mm -hmm. So now you're seeing all these coyotes because of the few years behind. You know, they're a couple years behind. So it was out of control. They're they're at my house too. Yeah, Yeah, Manatee's great, man. And even even at my house, Mm -hmm. right here, you know, like out, you know, in the meadow here, going into the Lake Isabella, Mm -hmm. it seems like every night you can. I mean, it's unbelievable how many there are. Yeah, and I mean. Yeah, it, they're they're hard, you know, with chickens and pets, but otherwise they do really good for the ecosystem. So is that know? a game or a non-game? Yeah, that game species. Oh, coyotes, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, you don't need a. They're classified as non-game, right? So you guys want to hear this? This kid, I got to tell you guys this, and this is my, my last thing, and we'll we'll close. But sure. So this dude, this I shouldn't say this dude, this kid, walks into the shop, and you guys are gonna love this. He walks into the shop and um, he's, you know, getting fly tying materials. Mm-hmm. He's buying all these fly ma- tying materials and everything. And his dad's with him and all this stuff. And I'm like, wow, you, you know, you're going to buy all this flight. Are you tying flies? Oh, yeah, I'm tying flies. And I'm like, cool. And his, his dad's all get out your money. You know, and I'm like, well, OK, and you're buying that with your own money. What do you do, man? How do you get your money? He's all, oh, I have a, um, a business. Oh. And um and I'm all, what's your business? So it's called Varmint Assassin. Yeah. And I'm all, what? This kid's like 10. Whoa. And so um, he, has, he started this business called the Varmint Assassin. He's got T-shirts and hats. Nice. And he's wearing it, right? So he goes out to these ranchers out in Tehachapi. Yeah. And he kills squirrels with his pelican. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And he showed me. It's like this gnarly pelican, right. you know, with a scope and yeah, all this kind of stuff. Range, yeah. And he gets a dollar a squirrel. I mean, oh, would that money. be like the best job when you're <laughs> oh, 10 yeah. years old? Oh, yeah. So it's like a video game. I'm, or dude, you can make way more than a dollar a squirrel. And he's all, no, his dad's on, no, man. 
that's perfect for him, you know. That's right. awesome. And he's like showing me pictures of all these dead squirrels. <laughs> and that's how he buys his fly tying materials. Yeah, yeah. How cool is that? Yeah, guys do that with pigeons on, on ranches, yeah. you know. Go out there and, and shoot 100 pigeons. And, yeah. Yeah. I that's mean, awesome. Good for him. Yeah, right? The right. Bar, barman assassin. The barman yeah. assassin. His so, uh, business is good this year. I'm totally. Sure. Yeah. So my last thing I always ask uh, people on the last part of the, the show is like, I'm a musician, so I always mm -hmm. like to ask you guys, you know, I know you like some different bands and stuff. Yeah. Um, have you guys been listening to any music um, that has been inspiring you guys lately or is any old stuff? I know you, oh, the yeah. Pink Floyd oh, yeah. fan and all that. So what have you been listening to? You know, it's funny. Uh, I was I was fishing last, was it last week out in the ocean? Uh -huh. And um, it was a rough day. We only caught four fish and it was a big ocean and we got beat up. And, oh, <laughs> that's, we, that's good stuff. We just got destroyed. And, and my, destroyed. I had my sister out there. We were laughing. It was, it was, it was, yeah. a, it was a fun day on the water. Fishing was rough. Right. And the, the, the captain was rocking, I mean, full blast rocking, um, stick figure. And, and, and so now I'm that's, like, that's one of my favorite bands. Yeah. So I'm like, yes. I'm like, I've been listening to stick figure for the last week. Yeah. Honestly. Awesome. Yeah. And so, but How you funny. know, I, I like all the old nice stuff dude. too. Yeah. yeah so it was awesome. like it was like bringing me back memories of you know just being out there slammed on the boat, but he yeah. had that thing rocking. Yeah. So, yeah. Me and my me and my lady are stick figure fans nice. for sure. Yeah, yeah we've thanks. seen them a couple times. Do you guys know that you know that story about them? I don't. Oh my gosh. So this this guy, the the singer, he does what he did was he started doing music um, on his own. You know, mm -hmm. just by himself. Played the drums, played the bass, oh, making it all. Played yeah. the keyboards, the guitar, and everything by himself. Yeah. And he started putting it up on YouTube. Yeah. People are like, dude, that sounds good, you know? And then yeah. next thing you know, he's got all these hits. And he's all, and next thing you know, he's got a million hits or yeah. something. And he's all, people are asking him to go on tour with him. He doesn't have a he's band. Doing, yeah. And so now he's got a band together. And now nice. he's playing for like, yeah. he's, he's headlining with his band, um, like huge concerts, yeah. man. And it's all, from, all yeah. from just like developing his music wow. you know, by himself, Amazing. you know? That's it's pretty awesome. cool. Still yeah. does that. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. What about yeah. you, man? Any, any kind of cool stuff? You know, I mean, some Mozart or something? <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. I like I mean, that. I like so, everything. Me too. Um, me too. I grew up my my vinyl. You know, my kid, yeah. my parents were into like folk music from the fifties and sixties, right and mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot of a lot of roots rock and roll music from the fifties and sixties. One of them I, I love is Sam Cooke. He's classic. Yeah, like one of the best soul singers ever. Night, you know, it's just a one of the best vocalists, my favorite vocalist of all time. And I still listen to Sam Cooke all the time. If I'm cooking dinner, I'll throw on like Night Beat. That's a great album. Awesome. Just anything from Sam Cooke. Good, man. Yeah. yeah. Right on. So I'm going to invite you guys, you know, October 16th, uh, we're going to have a big, I, I to, I've been telling everybody since the pandemic, like right, I'm going right. to throw a rager right. out here, you know? So October 16th, I would just confirm with the lady at the hardware store. It's okay to use the parking lot. So we're going to have a stage oh, there right here, huh? right here. my nice. band's gonna play a bunch of other bands and awesome. we're gonna do kind of a big you didn't know that did you jim yeah we're gonna have a big party over nice. there so i want to um thank you guys for coming man thanks it's for awesome. having us yeah um, evan king craig feeler Department of Fish and Wildlife Biologists. Totally stoked to have you guys here. And maybe I'll have you guys on here again. I would love to have you guys. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah so love to. we'll catch you guys next time. Thanks for listening, you guys. <laughs>